1: Across the Gulf South, it's seven
2: a.m. Time to wake up on Capital Community Media.
3: Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Johnny Aber. Happy Wednesday, guys. Good yes, morning. indeed.
4: Happy Wednesday. Hey, Johnny.
5: Happy Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. Be careful out there, by oh, the way. A yeah. little
4: foggy out there. Please, I, please, I, I, please. I can tell y'all, though, in Baton Rouge, I actually was a little late for work because I'm walking out to my truck and this sunrise that we have here, because I didn't have any fog around my area, was spectacular. Were y'all able to see that? Uh, did they have... Do they actually have sunrises in Bush. Uh, what, what you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do. But no, it, the what's really cool not. is <laughs> is to see that the
5: sun burning away that fog. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what we that. need. It's kind of a spiritual mm-hmm. connection there. You Ooh, know. Ooh, I like it, well, Johnny. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's, All right. In fact, today in our gospel, our Lord's going to tell us, "Hey, count the cost, guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're going to follow me. Make sure that you're in it." all the way, leave nothing behind. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be, and we are remembering someone today who did exactly that, uh, blessed John Duns Scotus. So let's call upon him and then all of the uh, martyrs in heaven to pray with us this morning on this beautiful day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty and merciful God, by whose gift you're faithful, offer you right and praiseworthy service, grant we pray, that we may hasten without stumbling to receive the things you have promised. Just as blessed John Dunn's SCOTUS spent his life contemplating Mary's Immaculate Conception and your kingship over all things, may we become vessels of purity in order to reflect the glory of your kingdom. And we pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever, Amen. amen. Son, Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed John Duns Scotus. Pray for us. Pray for us. Amen.
3: Pray for us. We will learn more about him later on in today's show during our Saint of the Day. But at 7 after Johnny has his gospel reflection, you definitely want to stay tuned for that. It's always a wonderful reflection Amen. on Wednesday mornings. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. He is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and he'll be giving us an update of what you'll be finding in this week's issue in the Archdiocese. In 35 minutes, Dr. Tom Neal joins us, and we're taking it over to the Florida Panhandle. He's a chief of evangelization and mission engagement of the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, and today he's talking about vocations, during National Vocations Week. So looking forward to hearing from Dr. Neal. And in 48 minutes, Corey Howitt joins us. He is the Executive Director of the Catholic Community Foundation in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And he is joining us for our segment of Catholic 101. And we're talking about tithing and generosity. How much should Catholics be tithing? So he's going to talk about all, all the things with tithing and giving back so and and generosity so looking forward to speaking with corey what better person than uh than him with the catholic community foundation so looking forward to these wonderful guests you guys and let's not forget dave Catholic Community Media is a drop off location for Box of Joy this week. So uh, take a look at our Facebook page or our website for drop off location dates and times this week. Uh, Fill your shoebox with goodies for a child in need and put a smile on their face this Christmas. Yes. Some items needed can be uh, pens, well, pencils, socks little activity books. That's right. Little toys.
4: Folks are picking up boxes. They'll be dropping off boxes a little later on uh, this week and next week, but uh, we're ready. We're ready. Bring them up. Fill those boxes up and bring them on.
3: Yes. Stay with us. We have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break. It is five past the hour on Wake Up.
6: Good morning, today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 14. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, This one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way... Every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple.
5: Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Count the cost, huh guys? as our Lord turns mm-hmm. you know, this It's really something when you try and put ourselves you know in the gospel and you, let's put ourselves in the crowd and Jesus turning around and looking at us in the crowd. you know. But So we're in this crowd and uh, it's a mixture of people, his disciples, those who want to be his disciples, a lot of curious people, fans, some fans, some just, they're just kind of following the crowd, following the, the herd, He got nothing else to do. Naysayers, even enemies are in there. But we also have to remember, this was a very different type of a crowd because they were expecting a Messiah who would be a Moses-like figure the new mm-hmm. Moses, a king who would lead them to reclaim the new Jerusalem, a God that would dwell with them in the temple, the new temple. So I can't help you know, but wonder as Jesus is turning around and he's thinking, it's like, like having a God deja vu kind of moment of uh, mm-hmm. going back to when Moses was leading those out in in the Exodus in, in the desert. It's like a flashback when the Jews were following him. And, and you know and so if if that was like a prefigurement in terms of Moses leading these people to, on the exodus to Jerusalem then Jesus must be thinking hey there's something that you've left out if you want this new Jerusalem and that is the new passover and a new exodus that you're going to have to go through in other words there's going to be a need just as then but even more so now to get rid of everything that would slow them down a need for pure sacrifices and it's gonna be a very difficult journey to reach that promised land. So he's so he's Jesus now is saying the same things to, to the crowd, and he's really saying the same thing to us. Big difference though, huge difference. The fulfillment here is Jesus is both the way and the destination. They're not going necessarily to a place, but to a person and with a person. He is mm-hmm. the manna. In the desert, and he—he's the living manna in the desert, and he is himself the new temple. And so he seems to say, if you don't believe this, if you're not willing to set aside everything to experience life in its total fullness, it's better just to stay home. You know, count the cost, weigh what you really desire, don't look back. I know some people put it this way: no cross, no cross, no crown. That's the start of the original cross saying itself, but you know, and Jesus put it this way: the journey itself is holy ground for one reason, and that reason is Jesus walked it and he made it holy. So I kind of put ourselves. What about today's crowds? Look, look we're now the crowd, and if you, it seems like crowds and demonstrations are a regular occurrence today everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody's everybody's got a moral stance, right?
4: <laughs> yes. What,
5: what's interesting though about these modern day protesters is that they'd be hard pressed to answer the questions that Jesus is raising to the crowd in the gospel today. You know, who or what are you really looking for? And what are you willing to give up to find it? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's mobs demanding that other people pay for their cause or it's climate change, abortion, the police, it goes on and on. It's clear from all these interviews and interviewing all these protesters They don't really know (laughs) they don't right they they've not thought through the cause at all they're just kind of following these self-destructive impulses they don't have an actual practical solution in fact a lot of times their solution only leads to something even worse Mm -hmm. and the capital they're not really willing to sacrifice any of their comforts even if they did so you know i kind of think it's interesting that it's called a progressive movement but you know, it's exactly the opposite of progress because it's moving away from, not toward, the cross. That's progress, moving toward the cross. Uh, and if you contrast that, right, Dave, if you think about uh, a Eucharistic procession,
4: oh, that yeah. kind of a now, crowd, there, There's a march. There's a difference. There you go. I'll, there's I'll, a yes, march. Yes. Yeah, that does nothing but good. It really does. That, that, that march does no mm-hmm. harm. There's no anger there, right?
5: Mm-hmm. You're following in the That's footsteps of the Lord with yeah. Him on the way.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, I don't know if you remember this song back in the anti-war '70s days. It was by Crosby, Stills, Nash. You no, no, was I was. I was find
4: I'm, I'm too young, Johnny. You were no, born yet? Yeah, 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 okay, all
5: right, right. <laughs> denial. We all live in it. Uh, it's called <laughs> find, the, "Find the Cost of Freedom."
4: I remember and that line, song. Oh yeah.
5: Do you? Yeah. The line oh, yeah. goes over. To find the cost of freedom buried in the ground. Mother Earth will swallow you, lay, lay your body, body down. down. Yep.
4: Well,
5: that picks you up, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, gosh, that was a happy
4: song. Yeah,
5: yeah. Happy song. <laughs> but, you know, so, so we have a different song, don't we, as, as Christians, as Catholics. We have to boldly say to the world, the antidote to what you're looking for continues to be Jesus Christ and his church. Mother Church, not Mother Earth, might put it this way, the cost of freedom has been paid, and its champion rose from the grave. The body of Christ has not been swallowed up in the ground, but lives in the new Jerusalem, and he's offered back to us in the blessed sacrament. We can tell the world what you're looking for is the new temple, the Catholic church that he founded, and there's no obstacle in our lives that can stand in our way if we allow the Holy Spirit to overcome it. So
4: that's It sounds, us. It sounds crowd, like a though. rewrite, Johnny. I, I know you can't rewrite that song, but you have to write something like that with the harmony and everything, but at least it would be a lot more uplifting than uh, than the stuff we listened to in the 70s. But I'm not going there.
5: Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, and Jesus says, pick up your cross, you know, but when we pick up our cross, we have to remember that we have to follow the drag marks of Jesus's cross. That's the path. Otherwise, we're just protesting. Yeah. You know, and remember, Jesus isn't looking for fans. He's looking for his bride. And whatever we're holding on to, it's not worth it. And, uh, and hey, amen. if you really amen. want to get ready for it, yeah, amen. The confessional, that's a great weight loss center right there. Yes, it leave it all right there. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. So our Lord's talking to us today that in the crowd. Let's stand out. like it. Well, let's find out what's happening in the air. We're going to join Peter Finney next. We'll see what's happening. It is now quarter past the hour. I'll wake up. So glad you joined us. Stay tuned.
0: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 8th. Today we celebrate Blessed John Duns Scotus. Born into a wealthy Scottish farming family in 1266, John entered the Franciscans at 15 and was ordained at 25. He immersed himself in studies at Oxford and Paris. Known for his brilliance and his humility, a rare and noteworthy combination, he distinguished himself at every turn. Dun Scotus became one of the most influential Franciscans and one of the greatest English-speaking philosophers and theologians of his age. An independent thinker, he appreciated the richness of traditions beyond the Franciscans. When the King of France tried to persuade John to side with him in a dispute with the Pope, Dun Scotus refused and was given three days to leave the country. After a brief stay in England, John returned to the University of Paris, where he taught and earned a doctorate degree. His explanation of the concept of Mary's Immaculate Conception, considered controversial at that time, was so convincing that the university adopted it as its official position. Assigned to the Franciscan school in Cologne, John died there in 1308 at age 43. He was beatified in 1993. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
3: It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Johnny Bear and David Dawson. Our first guest today is Peter Finney. Peter is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald the official Catholic news- newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Hey, Peter, good morning. Good
1: morning, Gabby. How are you?
3: I am doing great on this beautiful Wednesday morning. I hope you're doing well as well. And there are a lot of things happening in the Archdiocese, but let's talk about one that's been quite in the news lately um, and has been affecting a lot of people, and that is the parish mergers announced by the Archdiocese. How is the Clarion Herald covering this?
1: Yes, well, uh, Gabby, in the November 11th issue, we have uh, the full uh, list of. Parish mergers and and closings uh, that that have been announced by the archdiocese, including Archbishop Bayman has written a letter, kind of, to kind of underpin the entire process of what what went through in this discernment. It really started about a year ago, more than a year ago, where uh, parishes that seemed to be uh, in some um, kind of uh, right on the edge of sustainability, uh, they were asked to really do a deep dive uh, into themselves, and with the help of the uh, Catholic Leadership Institute, and uh, and the Archbishop formed a Parish Sustainability Committee to look at uh, the cases of parishes that really were uh, in a combination of things, you know, uh, finances, but also sacramental life uh, in, in a parish. Uh, maybe a number of, uh, you know, maybe a number of baptisms had dwindled to just a bare few, that kind of thing. So all these parishes, there were sixteen parishes that uh, were involved in this kind of intensive uh, discernment process, and the archbishop announced uh, the, the results uh, uh, just recently. And uh, the, the, the good news is our, our Lady of Divine Providence in Metairie and Christ the King in Tarrytown, uh they were kind of being studied, but uh, they've made significant progress uh, according to the archdiocese, and, and they're going to remain open. However, there are four situations in which uh, two parishes are merging into one, and one case where three parishes are going to be merging uh, into one, uh, and then also uh, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, which just recently celebrated its 175th anniversary, uh, uh, will be closed. Mm. All these decisions will uh, will be uh, effective July 1st of 2024. So obviously uh, there, there are still some details to be worked out, such as uh, if in the case of two parishes merging uh, in some cases, they don't know which parish will be the host parish for the new uh, for the new entity uh but that will be worked out by march the first and uh the, uh in in all those cases of the merged parishes uh they will be uh, the new parish will have a new name and uh most likely will have a new pastor so assigned mm-hmm. to that parish on july the first so mm-hmm. very difficult news yeah. uh, in the archbishop mm-hmm. and and the archbishop said you know really there's been so much going on, you know, uh, natural disasters, the floods, the hurricanes, COVID pandemic, uh, certainly the sex abuse, uh, uh, the bankruptcy reorganization um, mm-hmm. is also out there uh, as, a, uh, as a thing to look at. But the, the basic thing was to look at the vitality in terms of the parish's uh, sacramental life. And uh, that's kind of, uh, you know, where, where it stands. So every, all the details are in the November 11th issue.
3: Wow.
4: That's, my goodness. Well, that's tough. That's yeah. tough. I mean, Peter, it, yeah. you know, you, you, you've got folks that were in some of the parishes. And like you said, I, I'm sure it has to do with the vitality of the parish, too. But the remaining folks there that have a history there at the parish, that's got to be—I'm sure it's a heartbreaker.
1: It's very difficult. And, David, I mean, you can probably remember right after Katrina, yeah. in, uh, in, in 2008, there were <clears throat> excuse me, there were probably a couple of dozen parishes yes. uh, that were closed— <clears throat> And uh, in the in the wake of Katrina, uh, I, I guess in that case you could say, well, uh, certainly people could understand, you know, the, sure. uh, yeah. R- yeah. the, the devastation, and and the people didn't come back to mm-hmm. those areas. Uh, this is a little bit more difficult because you know, people, you know, you're, you're trying to you, you go to this is, this is my church, this is yeah, uh, in many right. things, this is yes. my family, yeah, yeah, where I work, <laughs> this is where I know, where I meet God face to face, and it is. It is a difficult thing and the Archbishop acknowledges that yeah uh, he just felt for the for the health
4: of the entire archdiocese
1: excuse me these uh, these decisions had to be made
4: yeah I know I'm, I'm sure it's tough all around yeah
3: I think so too and I pray for a smooth transition now that this is happening um mm-hmm. what's going to happen to those church buildings uh, once they close
1: uh, that's that's a that's a very good question uh, normally what would what, what happen is the archdiocese would try to uh, find some other Catholic use for those buildings, uh, as what happened after Katrina. That's kind of the first priority. And in a case where maybe that's not possible, then they might consider uh maybe outside sources you know coming in and and maybe uh you know um, you know, buying buying the property so uh and and converting it into some there there' been many cases after Katrina where churches were converted into residences uh you know affordable residences for the elderly and uh so I mean oh, that, wow. that could happen uh, it's it's to be determined, but the first priority would be to try to find some some use uh within the Catholic community uh if that's not possible then you know they, they could be open to sale.
4: Oh goodness.
3: Well, and I'm sure there's going to be some priest reorganization too, especially with the merging of two or three parishes into one.
1: that's right and and, and so I, I think the, the kind of the, motive, the, uh, the, the kind of the guiding principle is uh, a new pastor would be assigned to say in the case in fact i I'm, I'm one of the three parishes, so my, my parish is Transfiguration of oh. the Lord really? and and we're merging with uh, Saint Gabriel and St. James Major. So on July first, uh, there'll be a new pastor assigned not not from well, probably not from one of the existing three parishes i, I guess it's just, you mm-hmm. know to avoid any kind of favoritism or anything any kind of perception like that so sure. there, there would be a new pastor, and then those the, the current pastors would be reassigned uh you know somewhere else and mm. and that's all being discussed uh that's the the priest personnel board meets the, and they give recommendations to the archbishop wow
3: goodness yeah, well yeah, maybe a maybe lot I of know, change like is in, going uh, to be happening yeah
1: it is. Yeah,
5: yeah, I know. Like yeah. in, in our area up here, we're hoping that one of, we get another priest up here, because it's it's growing in certain areas, and we need more. So, wow. in some places, it sure. uh, it's, it's a positive a thing uh, mm-hmm. in terms of reassignment of some priests. At least that's the way we're, we're, some are looking at it here. Oh,
1: there you go. Sure, mm-hmm. sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Peter, you are also covering St. Charles Borromeo Parish in Destrahan, their 300th anniversary. We've we've touched on this a couple of times on the morning show, and yeah. it's just uh, full of joy and it life is. and yes. rich history over in that parish.
1: Well, it's pretty amazing. 300 years, it is the second oldest parish uh, in the Archdiocese of the world. Not many people realize that. St. Louis mm-hmm. Cathedral, of course, was first. But upriver, you know, Destrehan, founded in... Uh, yeah, in in 1723, and uh, so they had a year-long celebration, and really it was capped off with a mass uh, on uh, November the fourth, I believe, uh, on a Saturday, and the Archbishop celebrated the mass. And they also they did something very uh, very uh, interesting. They they built they constructed kind of a, uh, a what they call it, an Ascension Plaza, where they kind of have the history of the parish uh, in a, in a plaza outside the church. Beautiful the beautiful maps and kind of historical markers of uh, different events in the in the church's life
0: nice. and
1: uh, it's kind of like it's, it's a beautiful thing for people it's like a prayer garden you can go and meditate and, and, and pray and then kind of look at, at the people who founded uh, that parish and and how it has really it's, it's, it's grown strong and it's that it's one of the most active parishes really in the whole archdiocese in terms of ministries and uh, they, they just do a fantastic job whenever there's a hurricane uh that that group is always on the road to go feed feed the people uh you know and and take care of other needs like that so it's a tremendous parish father mixio curie is the, is the pastor and uh, he said the the faith of the people has really inspired him
3: That's great. I'm so glad that the Clarion is covering that wonderful anniversary. You also have a mommy and me section that we can find in this week's issue. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: That's right. And we have a, a lot of our uh Nola Catholic parenting uh a uh, columnist, you know, developed different uh, themes of what it means to be a Catholic parent and how to draw your children closer to the faith, and and just little tips like that. Just beautiful talks about prayer, about trusting God. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one. There was one uh, column about uh, the, the uh, uh, one of one of the, the, the a small child, uh, Charla Misse's eleven-year-old uh, son. Uh, it was encountering a very tough challenge, and Charlotte was trying to think, well, what can I do to help her? And then the son says, Mom, why don't you just please pray for me? And so it was <laughs> the son <laughs> telling the mom, you know, and, and Charlotte, said, it really struck her because, you know, the, the, the son has really, you know, developed a closeness to Jesus, and that's a, that's that's a kind of a fruit of, of their own prayer life in their family. Wow. And we also have a preschool nice. listing. Uh, for all the preschools in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, we have uh, contact information, and uh, information about each preschool in the archdiocese.
3: Well, and real quick, talk about the QR code we can find at the front of the clarion.
1: <laughs> well, listen, this is great. We, we decided, hey, let's put a QR code on the front page, because if you get if you get a copy like at a coffee shop, and you'd like to see, maybe see a, a little crisper, uh, a little crisper... Oh, yeah! Up, you, there you, you go. You, you, you take the QR code, you whip it out, and on, with your phone, it takes you right to the... In fact, I'm looking at it right now. The electronic edition is up, and it's at clarionherald.org, but that QR code uh, you just take your phone, and, and it'll take you right to the uh, to the current issue. And also archives of the last year and a half of the Clarion Herald.
4: Wow. I nice. love it when
3: technology just brings convenience to your life. I'm so glad the QR Code's on there. Oh, my goodness. Peter Finney, editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald. Where can we pick up our own copy and read more about these stories?
1: You can pick it up at every church in the Archdiocese of New Orleans this weekend, uh, or you can go online to uh, org, and the e-edition e is already up.
3: Thank you so much, Peter, for joining us, and thank you for all that you do. Uh, we appreciate the update.
1: Thank you, Gabby. Take care.
3: All right. Well, Dr. Tom Neal joins us when we return from the break. We are talking about vocations during National Vocations Week. Stay with us. It is half past the hour on Wake
0: Up.
5: 35 past the hour, and you've tuned your heart to the truth. So glad that you have. I'm Johnny Abair with Gabby Smith and David Dawson on this beautiful, a little bit foggy day in November, and we are thrilled to be joined again by Dr. Tom Neal. Of course, you know him, love him, we love him, the Chief of Evangelization (laughs) and Mission Engagement in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. And we're here to talk about vocations and uh, National Vocations Week. Good, Good morning, Dr. Neal.
2: Good morning, Johnny. It's so good to be with you. It has been a long time since you and I have directly talked.
5: Yes, your name, your ears are probably burning this morning. Uh, Father <laughs> Sylvester uh, Adoga was speaking so highly of your heart and your love uh, oh, and your beautiful so he, he says he gives his regards. And so we're speaking of Thank vocations, you. and yeah, the, the gospel is uh, there's no coincidence today with respect to vocations, as there's our Lord calls people that. out. Your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I thought the same thing, Johnny. Uh, so so first of all, this is, you know, as, as you said, the bishops designated this, the first full week of November is National Vocations Awareness Week, so and then they focus on awareness just because, well, you can't discern what you don't know, so the Church has to be intentional regularly to raise awareness in people's minds as to what states of life or callings that God has offers people in their lives so they can begin to consider them, so it's important for the church for people in the church for you know priests and religious but also parents and and uh and just uh, you know catholics in general to talk about what are these callings and then you know and and, and how do you discern and see whether you're called calls them or not and i think as you said the gospel today which is really you did a beautiful job commenting on but that that radical call that jesus offers which you cannot be my disciple if you don't well he says if you don't hate your brother and mother and sister. In other words, that's a Semitic way of saying, if you don't put me first before everything else, mm-hmm. if you don't invert your order or paradigm, which is putting things first and put me first, uh, then you can't be my disciple. And then he says, if you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't pick up your cross and carry it and follow me, you can't be just my disciple. And so, you know, it's important to remember when we talk about vocations, awareness, like the priesthood or religious life or the diaconate, Or other vocations states like marriage and so on that the fundamental vocation of the christian that if we're not living that then we can't be open to the others is is to be a disciple and to be a disciple is to be willing to carry the cross and that that's that's kind of a beautiful symbol of a life where you're willing to die to yourself in order to follow the calling that you have live a life of sacrifice and generosity and self-giving putting uh, others first, right? Being a man or woman for others. So uh, the vocations, ultimately, to discern a vocation, you have to first be living the first vocation, which is to be a disciple, to be open. And then the other ones become a possibility, because if you look at every state in life, uh, priesthood, religious life, diaconate, um, and marriage, all of them are about lives of sacrifice and generosity and self-gift. And if you can't live those, if you don't want to live those, if you're not ready to live those, uh, then you can't hear the call and you certainly can't answer it.
0: Hmm.
5: Yeah, it's, uh, being rooted in prayer, which I know you speak about so often, um, you know, that, and and maybe at a prayer that we ourselves have more of a sensitivity and awareness of those that we encounter. And, and uh, Dr. Neil, talk about Mm -hmm. this. Um, you know, oftentimes when we come across someone at any point in their life, but but typically younger people, and we kind of stumble and we don't really ask the the right questions, you know, so what sure. kind what's help what is helpful in terms of the questions or the invitation i guess that we have when, when we do meet people and we think, hmm, they might be that type of a person how, how what do we need sure. to say, and how should we
2: say it sure it that's a it's a great question um so let me I'll just very briefly comment on the first thing you said, which is the life of prayer. So uh, I think, you know, maybe the first question to ask of yourself or anyone is, you know, do you have uh, a life of prayer? Are you, are you a person who prays? Are you, do you open yourself regularly in prayer to God and asking Him, what do you want from me, Lord? What what have you given these gifts to me for? What's their purpose? You know, what's my life's purpose? Where, where am I supposed to be going in my life? And I think that's you know if if we don't have a relationship, a living relationship with the Lord with Jesus, then we can't follow Him because we can't hear Him. so So I think those are really you know starters in that sense. We're hope, hoping to always encourage young people to just to live lives of openness to God in prayer, especially. but But I think the asking the right questions of people is is knowing someone well enough to see what their gifts are, what their, what, their, what they seem to evidence as gifts they have. And where those gifts might lead them in life like it looks like you know you have these kinds of gifts or you show a real interest or you're drawn to these kinds of activities um have you ever considered you know this this way of life or what kind of way of life do you you think you know you might want to you know dedicate yourself to and if you see someone you know who has a particular attraction to the the goods of religion so to speak right to to the liturgy to prayer to, to church activities to or to particular works of service, or even gifts of leadership. I mean, so, so much of priesthood, religious life, diaconate, so on, is about leadership. So if you see gifts of leadership and, and an attraction to the things of the church and the life of the church, you ask, have you ever thought of that? I can see that in you. I, I, you know, I don't know, only God knows in the end, but have you ever considered that? And when you point out those things to people, it plants a seed for them to reflect and say, well, if someone else sees that in me, maybe I should take it seriously. And the and last thing I'll say on that is, you know, usually I think for people, when they finally come to make a decision and a vocation, in my experience, the stories often reflect that the question or the observation has been made to them by by multiple people, not just one person, but they hear it as mm-hmm. kind of a consistent thread. So So allowing yourself to be one of those, not to press on them and say, I think you should do this or you really should do this but but just to say to them have you thought of this and this is why i think that let me tell you these qualities i see in you
5: yeah i really like that in terms of getting to know someone and, and just saying have you considered because uh, we sometimes think well surely someone must have said something you know and oftentimes they haven't said yes. the obvious but but there's but no matter what no matter what happens even asking those questions let's say they don't even uh, you know become a religious but they take a t- they may take a turn in life and you realize those gifts are meant for something in another aspect of serving the church yep. right i mean there's nothing negative absolutely. that can happen by saying have mm-hmm. you ever thought of right
2: no no there's not absolutely well, of course not no you're right uh, just to get people to start to think about the basic fact that we have gifts and inclinations that are designed for a purpose and our, our kind of goal in life is to discern what's the purpose of the gifts. They, I always say that every gift you has have in you, it has an arrow in it that's pointed to someone or something in life Mm -hmm. that it's, that it's oriented toward. And your job is to see, figure out what that is. And as people identify the gifts, even if the goal they, they identify, they think they see it leading towards is not correct. In the end, the gift they've helped identify will help you to grow and say, Hey, there is something real here. What do I do with that? And then, you know, your own exploration and prayer life and, and be willing to, to talk to other people about it, to talk to mentors, to friends, to, to priests, religious, and so on. Um, at least it lets you, lets you explore that. You know, uh, you, can't, you can't, as I said, you can't discern what you don't know. It's national vocations awareness. So you help mm-hmm. raise people's awareness. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and I know many dioceses to have pictures of all the the seminarians that are that are in formation right now. Dr. Neil Wright, I just talk about that—to yeah. having those pictures of those those young men, those others that are in formation—to pray for them, and they have their faces and, and their names in front of us. Yeah, uh, we—they need our prayers. That's right.
2: right. Boy, do they! Ever. <laughs> yes, they do need our prayers. <laughs> they they rely on our prayers. You know, we think of priests and religious as praying for us, which they do. But we also have to lift them up. You know, it's it's kind of a mutual lifting of each other up uh, for those men. And and when you see those, I love those posters because they make the calling concrete. These are real people with faces and life mm-hmm. stories, and and etched in those faces is 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 a, is a story. And and uh, you know, it's it's powerful. And these are regular people. Yeah, <laughs> these aren't yeah. like you know ethereal people. They're they're regular men mm-hmm. uh, and women. Yeah. And, and and it makes it, you know, when you see someone's face, it makes it real. And yeah, and certainly praying for your priests is is an obligation of the faithful, You is to pray for your leaders. Absolutely, in Scripture, I mean, commands that. They need it. Indeed. So we've got to beg, you know, Jesus says, ask the, the master of the harvest to send laborers into the vineyard. He's saying to you, you beg for this gift. I'm not gonna just give it to you free, but you gotta beg for this, which, which makes us it. disposed mm-hmm. to receive the gift. Yeah.
5: Well, Dr. Neil, thank you so much. Uh, where can we find more about National Vocations Week?
2: Go to uh, usccb.org and the front page there, they have a whole thing on the week and resources and all kinds of stuff.
4: 48 past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'd right, wake up. I am David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Johnny Yebeer. Guys, I'm sorry. I was, I, right before we came on, okay. I swallowed wrong. No, I swallowed wrong. You
6: had, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. that coughing
4: fit when you swallow wrong, and it's like, boy, that was... <laughs> sorry All about that. All the timing. Mm, terrible timing. Anyway, oh. <laughs> we yeah. are joined right now by Corey Howard. He's the executive director of the Catholic Community Foundation. I love mm-hmm. that name. Catholic Community Foundation. And uh, we're going to talk about tithing this morning. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you here, Corey. Let's talk about tithing. Let's uh, tithing. You know, we're we're kind of on the recipient end of that here at Catholic Community Media. It means a lot to us. But just really talk about what it means to give.
1: You know, it's it's an interesting topic because a lot of times, you know, especially in the Catholic Church, people say we're well, always asking for money, and and a lot of times, we, as you start to look and break open this topic. It's so rich, and the Bible has so much to talk about, and our faith, especially lived out, has so much to be able to identify, of being charitable, to be generous. Uh, But really, what we're talking about this morning in tithing is really the biblical instruction uh, to be able to share the goods that we have, and recognizing that those goods were never ours to begin with, right? And and that is uh, that is the beauty of this topic because it really uh, God has a lot to share with us and to teach us in how to be generous um, and and to, it's I always say it's not letting go of what you have; it's never holding on to it in the first place.
4: Corey, I think that was one of the hardest things I adjusted myself to. You know, that was is one of those. Uh, I need this money. I need every bit of this money. And for me to finally understand and get the idea of what this money does and where it goes to and why I need to give this money uh, back to the Lord, uh, it suddenly changed everything in my life. It's just that hard part of shifting gears
1: it it really is and and i think that there's there's the the practical part of control that we're born with right and yeah. that's why there's a spiritual journey why prayer takes discipline and practice and it's it's not something that you get right or or just one time and then it's it's over or you get to a plateau it's it's a it really is very much reflective of your faith it's a constant conversion it's a constant discernment of what is it that I have that 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 I should be able to to share and then also to be able to understand that it's very personal that it doesn't look the same in everybody I mean obviously we have the widow's might to be able to discern that and to look at that and to break it open but that we can't always look over our shoulder to see where somebody else is being generous because really what it is is it's it's everything from um you know as as the lord instructs us in our first fruits and so what are your first fruits well really in your heart you have to discern that yourself
4: yes yes you know as an example recently my wife and I just went through this i mean i had a little extra coming in uh, as as a, as a bonus for something that i had done and at the same time there was something very present that popped up right in front of us at the last minute that needed <laughs> that needed money. And I'm like, am i going to take this entire check and hand it over. And I remember looking at my wife and she just, she's like, yeah, I, I get it. I know what you're saying. I had plans for it. Boy, did I have plans for it. But uh, I wound up turning it over. And I don't know, Corey, I, I just really have a feeling. I really believe that it will come back tenfold.
1: But that is, that is the beautiful part of this journey. And we do, we have some great, some, not only symbolic piece of this, but it really starts with what I love is the Eucharist. Right, this this um, real um, disposition of thanksgiving, of gratitude, um, and that when you're able to see that the the Lord has blessed you in this, that you're able to to really then be generous. And and what I love about living down here in the great state of Louisiana, right? We have
4: yeah.
1: uh, on our flag is the the mark of charity, right? Oh, our, isn't that the American, truth? Yeah, you know, and and so we have this great. Um, not only the on the secular side of the state, but then the faith with the Eucharist and, and, and the pelican as a symbol of that, right? So we show generosity and show that we really, that we, we give of ourselves, but in a way of joy. A mother doesn't look at her children, a mother pelican doesn't look at her young and say, man, I'm giving you all of this, but it's it's truly out of this this love and care and compassion uh For the benefit and the gain of another,
4: you know I know a lot of people corey you you might have a little too, little background explaining here to do about that pelican. There's some people people that have moved in from out of state, and there's other folks that just lived here all along and just took the oh yeah, there's a pelican there with some babies, but they don't get what's happening. What's <laughs> happening there? Can you describe that
1: absolutely so the 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 pelicans as uh as they have come to understand, especially in times of drought uh the mother before the babies will will go without water or go without nourishment, will pick her own breasts. And so you'll see on the flag there's a little drop of blood there yeah. representing the fact that when she picks her breasts, it allows her to feed her young in times uh, that, that they, when they need nourishment. Uh, and they do that as a sign, obviously, of the mother's charity, um, and they wanted to be able to claim that uh, for the great people of Louisiana, so they put it on a flag, and, and they said, we are generous people, and this is what is going to be claimed as the, the one of our, our symbols of our state. I remember. And so the pelican, obviously the brown pelican specifically lives down here, and, yeah. and, and is also a native uh, bird for South Louisiana, so it's the perfect connection, and our NBA
4: team. So there we go. Oh, there you go. I forgot about that. That's right. That's right. And (laughs) I I remember seeing it on a stained glass behind an altar here in Baton Rouge, Uh, and I remember talking to the priest going, oh, you got a good representation of Louisiana there. And he said, no, 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 this is a representation of the Eucharist. And he explained how Eucharistic it was. She's giving of her own life. And I was very moved. That here we are. How Catholic can you get, right here in South Louisiana? It, I just, it is,
1: and, isn't and it you, beautiful. You know, it's a, It is. It's such a great connection because it also then represents to us back that that idea of the tithe, right? What is it yeah. that we are giving, and that you know you can't, you know, you don't measure it in the ounces of the blood for the talking in that sense, and in the same way for us, I mean, it's it's this idea that when we are connected to. Uh, when we're connecting to our faith, when we're connected to God, we're able to discern that in a way that that is a daily decision. We're praying, Lord, how can I give myself away today yes. uh, to, to your spouse, to your uh, children, to your work, uh, to the great things that we're, we're committed to? And I think that that's really starts to, to, to get down and drill down into what is the tithe meant to be? It's, it's meant to be a physical act, a, a tangible act, of surrender yeah. uh, and, and charity to to God's providence and and obviously that's the the beauty of this because the more you do it the more you're affirmed in. Well, yes, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Right, right. But until then, we mm-hmm. do have the control of, like, I have a bill to pay this week. I can't do this.
4: Yes, yes. I know. I know just what you mean. Well, well, Corey, look. <laughs> as a matter of fact, we're going to have you. We, we got to keep this conversation going. We, uh, but we're out of time now. We're going to have you back on because we're going to talk about all kind of ways that people can do that, uh, starting really soon. So, uh, yes. hey, uh, Corey, uh, yeah, Corey, they can go to CCF Nola. .org. That's your website, yes, right? Sir. that is mm-hmm. it. Wonderful, wonderful. Catholic Community Foundation. Thank y'all so much. All Thank right, you for your ministry and for having me on. Thank you, Corey. God bless. All right. God bless you. Yeah, we have. Uh, I give Catholic coming up soon, Gabby, huh? That's right.
3: That's right. Oh, yeah. Early giving, Advanced giving starts November thirteenth. Good through the twenty seventh. Wonderful. So All right. Stay tuned.
4: Well, Johnny. Uh,
5: yeah. <clears throat> Let's close out in prayer. Yeah, it all kind of came together, doesn't it? Did, it did, beautifully. Yeah. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh Lord, as we begin another day in your service, we ask that you grant us the grace to overcome any obstacles that stand in the path that you've called us to follow and to not heed the cost. We know that this will be difficult, and sometimes the cross is hard to bear. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you and to let go of anything that weighs us down, for you have overcome the world and you are always at our side as we make our way home to you. We pray this in your name, our Lord, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.
3: Amen, thank you so much for joining us. We actually will not be broadcasting Wake Up tomorrow morning, but we'll return on Friday. Have a wonderful Wednesday, God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.